Thank you, Glynis. Oh, I see this morning. Playing hard to get today, eh? Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you all on this lovely sunny day. Really, again, great to see you guys from Romania. So, so good to have you with us. And uh, again, extend my welcome to you if you're visiting today. And um, you're really welcome. I hope this is going to work. So good. Uh, want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. We're continuing in our series and we are going slowly through this chapter on love. I decided rather than go just let's love each other, I thought we'd break it down, go a bit slower. slower. And if you remember last week, we looked at love is, what did we look at? Love is patient and kind, didn't we? And we talked about how to be patient is to endure in our relationships. In friendships, in whatever relationship we're in, with an emphasis that Paul is talking about on the church, because, believe it or not, don't we? We have tensions. Hands up if you have tensions in the church, yeah? See? That's, I think that's everyone. And you, you, those of you who didn't put your hand up, you know you do. You know. There are tensions in any friendship, in any relationship, you have tensions. So you have to persevere with that. We talked about patience and we talked about kindness. Kindness is where we don't just endure in our friendships, we actually positively are kind to each other, do good to each other. And we talked about how that's like God, how God is kind to everyone. You know, there is, believe it or not, in London, there is the worst person in London. Someone is the worst person. I don't know if you've heard that before. The worst person in London. Do you know what? The sun is shining on them today. Right? They're enjoying the sunshine. The worst person. And it's true of the best person. All, everyone. God causes his sun and rain to, to shine. He is good. Thank you. He's good to everyone. So patience and kindness. Today, we're moving on to, so love is patience. Turn in 1 Corinthians. I hope you've turned to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's just read through down to verse 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then, when Jesus comes, that is, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. So I'm just touching on these three aspects today. Envy, boasting, and 
pride. Okay? Envy, boasting, and pride. Nice and positive. It's something we all struggle with. Envy. Pride is something we all struggle with. And boasting is something we all struggle with. Every one of us, at times, has to battle this. At work, at home, everywhere. When that shop assistant doesn't treat you as you think you deserve to be treated. When you don't get what you think you deserve. In marriage, friendships, in the church. If you're going to be involved in a local church, you're going to struggle with patience and kindness and these three. Envy, boasting and pride. And, thankfully, God is going to help us all. And one of the good things about coming to church, right, and being involved in church, is when was the last time you heard someone talk about dealing with envy, pride and boasting? It's not the news, is it? So the local news, we're going to talk about envy, boasting and pride today. You know, let's, let's deal with that. It's not the sort of things politicians talk about, is it? Or uh, it's in, even in schools. Do they talk about envy, boasting and pride in schools? You know, good education, I don't think they do uh, talk about things like that. They do. Well, Ruth, that is really encouraging to know. You are a good teacher in a good school. That's good. But we all need to learn about it. We all need to continue. So that's one of the good things about being in church, isn't it? We're learning about these things. I struggle with it massively, regularly. When I do things, I put work into things. I feel like I've put a lot of effort into stuff. I feel like I've put lots of time into it. And you don't get the response you hope that you would get. You don't get the, maybe the praise you hoped you'd get. And, and this is you as well, isn't it? Right? Particularly, you put effort into something. You put work into something. You try really hard at something. And then people don't respond. People don't acknowledge it. People don't even notice it. And you feel annoyed and angry. I'm not doing that again. You feel like that. And that. We all struggle with it. It's like the ice cream, right? Imagine you go to an ice cream. Imagine you're a child. You go to the ice cream van. And you, you get three, maybe it's three of you, okay? You get three ice creams. But one of the children, one of your friends, gets extra chocolate sauce. Like, like you think, you know, when I thought like a child, now I became an adult, I put childish wives behind me. No, you didn't. If you went to the ice cream van right now with th two friends, and one of your friends got extra chocolate sauce, you... You'd go, oh, isn't that great? Oh, so pleased for you, you've got extra chocolate sauce. No, you're going to think, where's my extra chocolate sauce, right? That's what you're going to think. But you can transfer that into any situation you like. The chocolate sauce is something else, right? It's a pay rise. It's a job. It's a situation. It's a relationship. It's a friendship. It's an invitation to something. Whatever it is, this is now broken, um, it's, it's um, you can still hear me, that's good. Um, it's, it's issues, isn't it, that we have to struggle with. The problem is, if it goes out too far, it falls off. Yes. Thank you, Jason, for your help. See? Thank you so much. That's kind. Thank you. Love there in action. But this is, in essence, it's these three things then. Envy. Envy, 
You can transfer this into other things. I know I'm using a silly illustration here. Envy is looking at the person with the extra chocolate sauce and saying, I, I deserve that chocolate. I deserve it. Where's my hundreds and thousands? Where's mine? I mean, why have they got it? And then you talk to some you know, friend or saying, look, I deserve it more than that. Don't I? You know, it's terrible, isn't it, that they've got the extra chocolate sauce, right? Transfer it to something else, whatever it is. You've all done it. You did it probably this morning. You do it later on today. Something. Envy is looking at what somebody else has got and thinking, I, I wish I had that. Boasting is the person with the extra chocolate sauce saying, <laughs> look at me. Look at me. You've got none. Look at my ice cream. Did you ever see that thing when you were a child and you'd, you'd get an ice cream and then you'd pretend to finish it and put it behind your back and go, oh, I've finished mine. And then everyone else would finish theirs and you'd go, I haven't finished it. Well, everyone looks at you enviously. Did you ever do that? Raise your hand. No? Just me. There's a couple of us. Shows how mean we are, Jonathan, doesn't it? Sort of mean. We're brothers in meanness. Anyway, um, envy is, is, is boasting, rather. He's saying, look at my, you know, I've got extra. Pride is, is saying, whether you get it or don't get it, I deserve the best. I deserve the chocolate sauce. If I've got it, I deserved it. I, I am better than other people. I'm better. So you can see there's those three aspects there. Envy, looking at somebody else, wishing you had what they had. Boasting, boasting in what you've got. Pride, thinking you're better than other people. And all those three aspects are in all of us. And they all work together and it's poisonous for ourselves. And much of our lives is a miserable, you know, we're, we make ourselves miserable by living in pride, envy, and boasting. It makes ourselves miserable. It's a poison. It makes you unhappy. You can't be satisfied with what you've got. You can't be joyful at what other people get. Rather than rejoicing with them, you're envious of them. Rather than rejoicing in the gifts God's given you, you're looking at other people all the time. Rather than enjoying and being grateful for what God is doing. So let's look at these just three briefly um, in a bit more detail. Envy. It's being zealous and jealous. That word jealous, eager to possess. And, and in the context of 1 Corinthians, if you look at 12.15 in your Bibles, it says, and it's in the context of gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you remember, and he's talking about seek the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but do it, if you're going to use them, you've got to have love. You can't use gifts of the Holy Spirit to serve each other if you're being jealous and envious and prideful. It's not going to work. So, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 15, now if the foot should say, and he's using the illustration of the body, yeah, every part of the body is important. Every part. And it's like that in the church. Every part. You know, Jason just came up now, didn't he? and fixed my microphone, right? A part of the body. He technically did something which I could not do, right? I couldn't do it. I couldn't sort it out. He did it for me. And I should be grateful for Jason rather than being envious. Oh, and look at Jason. He made me look silly this morning, didn't he? <laughs> Helen, didn't he? Didn't he? Did you see his look on his face? He came up and said, oh, Matt, he's such a silly boy. Let me go and, so- <laughs> let me go and sort him out. No, in the church, we appreciate each other's gifts, don't we? That's how it should be anyway, but we don't. We envy, we boast, we pray. So 
Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. So you see here what's happening is somebody saying, well, I haven't got that gift, I've got this gift. And we talked about gifts being around this sort of idea of words, different word gifts, works gifts, stuff like fixing things, running Zoom, works, putting chairs out, doing the hoovering, decorating, works helping. Tomorrow we've got serendipity. Someone's got to cook the food. Someone collects the food. We've got a load of food out there that was collected from a supermarket. That's works. That's gifts of the Holy Spirit all being in operation. They're all important. And then you've got wonder gifts. Wonder gifts. They are like miracles and, you know, prayer for healing, um, things like that, more miraculous stuff. But they're all important. They're parts of the body. And he's saying... This, that you, what you shouldn't do is say, because I haven't got that, I'm useless. I'm not a part of the body. It's a form of envy. It's a self-sabotaging form of envy, isn't it? And we can do that. I'm useless. I can't do anything, so I'm not going to do anything. Or there's the other side of envy, which is, look at them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and be like them. And you become what you're not, and you just live miserably. So gifts, don't be jealous this is what's happening in, in Corinth. They're jealous over leaders as well. 1 Corinthians 3, if you want to turn to it. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 to 4. They're jealous. They say, he says this. You are still worldly since there is jealousy and quarreling. See, this is, the ch- this is a church. Jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not still worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? When you say, I follow Paul, another I follow Apollos, another I follow, following different leaders, and that's a form of, he says, you're jealous. In other words, what they're, what's happening is this. They've got their, their leaders that they prefer, and they're jealous for those leaders. And when other people don't give their, those leaders the respect that they think they deserve, then they're jealous for those leaders, and it's creating division over different leaders. And we see an example of this idea of jealousy in Joseph and his brothers. And this is a great illustration of what we're talking about here. Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. Do you know the story? Yeah, you know the story? Joseph, born of Jacob, Israel, goes to Egypt, has his multicolored. Uh, we don't actually know if it's multicolored, actually. It just says ornate robe. We're going to say. Multi, we, we tend to use Technicolor Dreamcoat, don't we, because of the, the musical, but it's actually an ornate robe. Anyway, it says this. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other brothers. Not a good idea. Parents, not a good idea. It's in the Bible because we can do it. Don't do it. Pray for grace to be patient and kind to all. All of your children, okay? You, would, that wouldn't be me. Yes, it would be you. We're all, you know, this can happen to us. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made him an ornate robe. When his brothers, surprise, surprise, saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, could not speak a kind word to him. And that's that envy. 
You feel that somebody else is loved more than you. Somebody else is favoured more than you. Before God, you believe, look at somebody else's life. They are loved more than me. They are favoured more than me. God clearly loves them more than me. Look at, just look at my life. And it creates envy. His bro- it's, it goes on in 37.11 of Genesis. His brothers were jealous of him. And that's at the heart of envy, is believing that someone else is loved more than you. At the, at the heart of it. And obviously the antidote to envy is knowing the love of God for you. The reason why you envy is because you don't know the perfect love of God as you should. And I struggle with envy. You do. Because we don't know. It says here, as I read earlier, you see in part. You know in part. You see as a reflect, like in a mirror, a reflection. You see, you see God. You see God to some measure, don't you? You know his love to some measure. You know it in some way, but not as you will know it. When you, when, you are, when you go to God in glory at death, or when he comes again, you're going to see him and you're going to know his love and you'll never struggle with envy ever again. But in this world, you're going to keep pursuing the love of God so that you can overcome envy. And the way to overcome envy is not to strive to be better and not to strive to be better than others, and certainly not to strive to be like the crabs, you know, the crabs in the buckets, pulling each other down, you know, trying to climb up and you pull each other down as you try to climb up. That's not how you should live. What you should do is know the love of God. That's the root. That's the root issue. Be filled with the love of God. You'll overcome evil. Why wasn't I given a coat like that? Why haven't I been given an ornate robe? Why has someone else got more chocolate sauce than me? Why is their life so much better than mine? Why have they got hair? Why have they got... You name your thing. Sorry, Jean. (laughs) What is your thing? It just touches you. We have to learn to deal with presumed favoritism and we have to learn to deal with real favoritism. It's not all just fiction. Jacob preferred Joseph. And you, you, may, you may have had to live with that yourself. You may have been an unpreferred child and even an unwanted child. These are the realities of life, aren't they? of this fallen world that we live in. The antidote is the love of God, the perfect love of God. My, my point this morning really is, is love draws attention to God and his gifts. Love draws attention to God and his gifts. So our attention, when we feel envious, we need to put our attention onto God and his love and the gifts that you have received from him. Starting with Jesus, that Jesus, he gave his only son for you to die on the cross for you, 
personally. He chose you. He loves you. Adopted you into his family. Love draws attention to God and his gifts. When you see someone struggling with envy, draw their attention to God and his gifts to them. But boasting doesn't do that. The second one, isn't it? Boasting doesn't do that. Boasting draws attention to itself and to their gifts. And if we don't deal with envy, that sense of underlying, I'm not truly loved by God, not truly as valuable as others, if you don't deal with that, you'll go on to boasting. You'll become a boaster. Because boasting is about puffing yourself up and trying to make yourself look, particularly through words, making yourself look more valuable. And depending on the culture you're in and the circumstances you're in, that will take different things. It will be that car, won't it? It will be that beautiful car. It will be the, that, those qualifications. It will be another, another relationship. It will, be, it will be something else. Clothing. The way you, your persona, the way you present yourself. Boasting. Trying to make yourself look bigger. And it will be what your words. We talk about ourselves a lot, don't we? If we're, if, we're both, if we're fundamentally not sure that we're valuable before God, we, we want people to take an interest in us, to, puff, to raise, us, raise us up. So therefore, we talk about ourselves. And we see it, don't we? Somebody says, I'm going through this. And then you say, oh, I've gone through that. And let me talk to you about that. And I've gone through that. And I've done this. And I've done that. And, I, la, 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 and me, 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 me. That's what happens. Boasting. Oh, you're doing really well at that. Yeah, you should see me when I do that. I'm really good at that. Making your own coat, as it were. Draw attention to your coat. This is my coat. Look at my coat. Hey, look at me. We all do it. Again, love draws attention to God. And his gifts, you see. Love draws attention not to you, but seeks to draw people's attention to God. Look at God. Look at him. Look how glorious he is. Look at the gifts he's given to you. And if you do talk to me and say, Matt, you know, your gifts, I don't, you know, I don't mind, you know, of course, we should praise each other. Of course, we should encourage each other and so on. But internally, internally we should know I hope you know this any gift you've got is a gift from God therefore you cannot boast in it you do know that don't you raise your hand if you know that all the gifts you've got are a gift from God okay please you've got to know that and in his book Humility which I encourage you to read uh, C.J. Mahaney wrote a book called Humility it's good stuff in it and I will be including some of it in the blogs this week but he says this now you don't say it to the person. If somebody says to you, you did a really good job um, on this or something. You, you did a really good job at something. You, I don't think you should say, well, that's because God is working. You know, you might do, but most of the time that just comes across as a bit pompous. Just thank them for their, their encouragement because encouragement's rare, right? So thank them. But internally, he encourages us to do this. When somebody praises you for something, internally say, yeah, thank you, Lord, that you gave me the opportunity to serve you. Internally, give, give, transfer the glory in your heart to God. 
because it stops you. Because boasting is a pra- is a trap waiting for us. To we, we want it can get us. Can be, be come move on to the third one, which is pride, isn't it? But boasting. Let me just the dangers of boasting. Paul says this, doesn't he? In um, 1 Corinthians 13.3, If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing, you see. If, you, if, if whatever you're doing is so that you can puff yourself up and make yourself look good, it is worthless before God. doesn't mean to say it's, not, it's worthless. It, it can be a really good work and a very helpful thing. But before God is what matters, right? Is he pleased with this? And if the heart is so I may boast, even if it's giving, giving to the poor and doing, you know, going through hardship, then we gain nothing, it says. And Jesus warns us. He says about in, one, in, in Matthew 6, he warns us that we can get, and I'm not going to read this out for time's sake, he talks about how you can pray in order to be seen by others. And he says, you have received your reward in full. He says that you can um, give to the poor for a show. And he says, you have received your reward in full. In other words, the praise of men and people. And he says, you can fast for a show. So again, people will say, oh, aren't you amazing? Aren't you wonderful? He says, you have received your reward in full. So that's the warning, friends. If we're doing things so we can boast, it's worthless. And let's turn it around and in our hearts give the glory to God and seek to serve others rather than ourselves. Right, finally, pride. This is, John Stott said this, at every stage of our Christian development and in every sphere of our Christian discipleship, pride is the greatest enemy and humility our greatest friend. Pride is your greatest enemy. Pride. Again, in the blogs, we'll look at it in more more detail as to what this means. Pride is dangerous. Pride is a trap. Pride will ruin your life. Pride is a trap for all of us. It's, being, it's believing you're better than other people. Believing you're better, more worthy than others. Being puffed up. Whereas humility is confidence properly placed. Confidence in God. If you're trusting in your strength, you're prideful. And how do I know if you're trusting in your strength? I don't know. How would you know? Well, perhaps I could tell if you prayed. If you don't pray, I suggest you're trusting in your strength. How about gratitude? Do we spend a lot of time praising and thanking God for his gifts and thanking others for what they do? If we don't, perhaps you're prideful. How much time do we spend criticizing others in our hearts and minds? Perhaps that reveals that we're prideful. Lots of ways you can see if you're prideful. Pride is self-confidence. Humility 
is confidence in God. Confidence in God for this day. Confidence in God for my life. Confidence in God for my salvation. Why are you saved? Why are you going to heaven? It's not because you're good. It's because Jesus died on the cross for you. That's confidence. That's humility. It's not because you're good, is it? Because we know our own hearts. We're not good. Let me just... Let me just give you a little warning here about pride. God, this is in one Peter, in James rather. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Proverbs: Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better that to be lowly in spirit, along with the oppressed, than to share plunder with the proud. If you have lots of scars on your hands and your knees because you keep falling over in your relationships and having broken relationships, you keep falling down, your relationships keep breaking down, perhaps you're pr- proudful. I'm not saying you definitely, but we're all, we're all, we're all open, pride gets all of us, right? Somebody says something you don't like, somebody, if you feel like they're judging you, you, you feel like they're not, not appreciating you, you feel like they're not giving you what you think you deserve, etc. Pride comes in. Love draws attention to God and his gifts. See, the prideful want attention for themselves and my abilities. True love says, look at God. Look how good he is. Look how amazing he is. Look how gracious he is. And look at the gifts he gives. They're all gifts. Agape love, you see. Love is agape. Love is to give people what they don't deserve. And the, pri- the prideful can't give agape love because they, they're not living in agape love. Agape love is to receive from God what you don't deserve. Salvation, love, mercy. If you live in agape love, then you can give it. If, if we live believing that, we are, uh, that God owes us something and people owe us something, then that's how we'll treat people. Let me just finish with a couple of things. If the band could come up, we're going to continue worshipping. Love draws attention to God and his gifts. Let me draw attention to God this morning. Let me draw attention to God. Let me draw attention to his greatness. Let me draw attention to his love. Let me draw attention to his mercy. Let me draw attention to his gifts. Every gift, if you've got a friend who's struggling in their life, draw, attention to, let, draw their attention to God. Draw their attention to his gifts. If, you're, if one of your friends is saying, I've got nothing to offer, I've got no gifts, draw attention to the gifts that God's given them. Let's tell our friends, let's tell our members of the church what you see in them, the good things that God has put into them. It's battle with pride through the gospel. Let's remember the love of God. Let's remember how he gave his son. Let's remember how Jesus died for us while we were sinners. That's going to kill pride, isn't it? Let's battle with pride through words of encouragement. Let's encourage each other. In our community groups this week, I'm going to, I'm a, in, our, in the study, I'm going to ask you, encourage you 
to just tell each other what good things you see in one another. What good things God has put into them. Because God has put so much in you. God has put so much in you. And as a, as a community, let's draw, draw each other's attention to the good things that are in each other's lives. And this all reminds me, as we come to an end, of a, another coat. Joseph's brothers were jealous, you know, because they felt they had been overlooked and they weren't loved. I want to draw your attention to another coat this morning. You've been given a coat. The prodigal son, if you remember, went off. He went astray. He ran away. He gave his life to sin. He gave his life to prostitution. He gave his life. He, he, he took his father's money. He wasted it on pleasure. This is us. This is every one of us. And then he comes home in misery and failure. And he thinks, I don't deserve anything. And this is, this is us. We don't deserve anything. And this is, what the, this is what happens. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to him, said to his servants, quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. The father's put a robe on you. What gifts don't you have? How hard is your life? How trying are your circumstances? But let me tell you, the Father's given you a robe. You've been adopted into his family. You've been forgiven. His love is on you. If we want to overcome envy, pride and jealousy, just remember the love of God for you. Remember the robe he's put on you. And then when we're dressed like that, we'll be able to encourage each other, won't we? And love each other rather than envy each other and be prideful.